Welcome to another episode on Coffee with Craner. Today I have the Honorable Andrea Horvath. She is the leader of Ontario's New Democratic Party, also the leader of the official opposition in Ontario. Born and raised in Hamilton, has a Bachelor of Arts degree from McMaster where she studied Labour Studies. And then also in 1997, she was elected as City Councillor in Hamilton. So that's where her uh, political career path first started. Um, following that, 2004, she was elected as a member of provincial parliament for Hamilton Centre. And in 2009, she was chosen leader of the Ontario New Democratic Party. Andrea, pleasure to have you on the show and thank you for connecting with folks in Windsor-Essex. Absolutely my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure, Lyndon. Um, and here's, I am in London, Ontario right now. So cheers to, uh, to London, cheers to Windsor and to Hamilton, which is my hometown. Yes, thank you. And every, every Coffee with Craner episode, I do ask um, where the guest favorite place to get coffee is. And um, in Hamilton, being born in Hamilton, where is your favorite place to get coffee? Well, my favorite place to get coffee is a, a little coffee shop on Lock Street called Democracy. Wow, yes. How, how, come, how come it's <laughs> your favorite place? appropriate. Yes. How come it's your favorite place? Uh, well, because it's really grassroots, to be honest with you. It's really grassroots. It's really comfortable. Uh, it's fair trade. It's um, uh, it's just it's a great it's a great spot, and it and it's uh, where all the cool kids hang out. Cool. Hopefully, I can I can visit there one day and be a part of the cool kids. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Andrew, for those watching, there are some young leaders that are watching this live stream today, and they may be curious uh, about your role. Are you able to talk a little bit about some of your responsibilities being leader of NDP and being leader of the official opposition? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, the, the most important uh, role that we have as the opposition uh, party in Ontario is to try to hold the government's uh, uh, feet to the fire, to try to keep the government, uh, uh, hold the government to account, I guess, on behalf of Ontarians. And, you know, what that looks like, in the, just for a couple of examples, um, back to school. So back to school has been quite controversial and we have been very vocal in uh, trying to get the government to uh, to provide the financial resources that school boards need uh, to have a safe reopening this fall. Uh, another big example, and, and again, it's COVID related, is the, um, uh, you know, staying on top of the government, all things COVID, first of all, uh, but but um, the long-term care home situation that we've, uh, we've seen unfold here in here in Ontario, it's just been it's been horrifying. It's been tragic, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't necessary. It didn't have to be that way. Uh, and again, long term care has something that's been in a bad shape for a very long time. So one of the other things uh, that we do as an opposition party uh, is um, is you know to find things that help that we that we want to fix for people basically. And long term care is one of those ones that literally I've been touring the province at least three or four different times over the last uh, 10 years to try to get the government of the day, which the Liberals formerly, um, to, to start investing more in, in, in long-term care because the quality of care uh, isn't where it should be. So, so we identify, you know, by listening, really, by listening to what people say and, and uh, um, hearing complaints that come through our offices, but also um, you know, just observing the, the situation that folks find themselves in, identifying where we think government needs to, uh, to step up, where they, where they need to uh, uh, address problems, uh, where they need to change direction if we think that they're heading in the wrong direction. But we, most of the work that we do really does come from listening to, uh, to everyday people. 
Excellent. How, so you mentioned pushing. How do you how do you push the um, the other parties um, that you're working with to uh, take action into some of the topics you discuss, like long term care? Well, I mean, it's it, there's a couple of different ways. Um, you know, the legislature sits in the um, you know in the in the fall through to Christmas, and then again in the spring uh, to um, to June. And um, mind you, with COVID, we've been sitting different hours, and it's just been a little bit. Um, uh, unstructured. But having said that, what, what we, we, we use all kinds of different tools. So we'll be, we ask questions and question period. Uh, we, um, you know, we provide, uh, you know, letters to ministers. We do press conferences. Uh, we do touring to try to raise issues around the province, uh, in the various, you know, media markets and things like that. Uh, we elect MPPs who are, have strong voices in their, in their local communities. And so where I might be, you know, I might. So I'm in London today with the uh, three MPPs that we have here on the official opposition bench. Uh, but we have some great MPPs in Windsor as well that uh, that bring the voices of uh, of uh, Windsorites to um, to Queens Park. So so it's you know it's it, there's lots of different ways that we we hold them to account. But you know, interestingly, COVID has changed that too because at the very beginning we didn't want to be hypercritical uh, because people don't you know, people don't appreciate that and, and rightfully so. We were trying to work really hard uh, to, um, you know, to be productive, to be constructive uh, with the government. Um, uh, uh, but but as things have now, um, you know, been what, four or five months now, we've, we've started to go back to our traditional role of, uh, of kind of pointing out uh, where the government um, has, you know, not done such a great job in terms of the COVID response. But again, it's, it's, it's both, you know, some people think opposition is just being critical and just opposing, right? Uh, but what we've always tried to do, since I've been the leader anyways, what I've always tried to do is also be propositional, not just oppositional. I love that. Um, now, being propositional and being um, uh, also the opposition, what are some ways that, or what are some qualities that you think really makes you that great politician that is uh, propositional? Well, you know, I, I, I might have already touched on it, uh, Lyndon, because it's for me, I mean, I got into politics, you know, because I listen to people. I mean, I think that the thing that is really important uh, is that you're you get you get elected not for your own glory, um, but because you, you really believe you can you can help make people's lives better. And, and that's what got me elected in the first place. But as you noted uh, in the introduction back in 1997, when I ran, ran for city council, um, and you know that's that's why I'm still here doing the work I'm doing. And I, I really do believe that if I didn't feel like I was having a positive impact, like I was actually making things better for folks, I, I don't know how I'd be able to uh, to keep the schedule I keep. Let's put it that way, because it's uh, it can be it can be pretty um, it can be pretty brutal. Yes. Do you find most of the time you like? majority of your role is just like just listening to people does that take up a lot of your day just listening uh well i mean it it does but but it's interesting because you you have to you have to kind of create the environment for people's voices to be heard right mm -hmm. you, and so this is what so why i go on tour um you know i've been to windsor i don't know how many times um you know back when the old grace hospital was uh uh, was shut down and uh, the, the, the eyesore was sitting on the side of the street for so long. Um, but, but, but that shows you how long I've been, you know, doing this work. 
and it's a matter of finding opportunities. So when uh, I said I was touring on long-term care a number of times, so what we do is we, we, we go into the community and we set up meetings and we invite people and uh, we invite them uh, through social media and we invite them through our own networks, um, town hall meetings. We've been doing a lot of telephone town halls now, of course, with COVID, a lot of, you know, Zoom type of meetings. Uh, but it, it really is, it's not just, it, so if you're committed to, to actually the kind of work that I'm committed to when it comes to politics, you have to, you have to, you know, find the opportunity or create the opportunity often uh, to, um, to have, give people a chance to have their voices heard. And it's extremely important. Yes, thank you for sharing. And it, that's something that I've, I've experienced is politicians coming down, especially to the University of Windsor and, and talking to students and uh, hearing their voice. And it, I think for me, it was a good eye opener of what party that I, I may be interested in aligning with. And this is a question I have for you is um, for students that are unable to determine uh, what party they believe in, because I know it can be, especially for myself, just my experience with it, it's been difficult to choose what party. What is some advice that you could provide to those students who are unsure? Um, well, I mean, I think the, the most important thing is to, to, to do um, a little bit of digging, right? So uh, the parties have platforms, uh, they have uh, uh, online presence, and so you can go onto their websites and uh, dig into what it is that they're up to. Um, you can you can get involved at the local riding association level and kind of maybe meet some of the people that are already, you know, involved in the parties. And that gives you a sense of, you know, who those folks are and, and you know, what they, uh, uh, what kind of people get attracted to those various parties. Um, you know, it, it's, it, there's, I think the really, the, the most important thing is to, to, to do the, the work, right? To kind of, to, to engage in, uh, in, in whatever you can in terms of the, um, um, you know, the official uh, websites and things like that, but also the news, right? I mean, you watch the news, you see what's happening in your community, you uh, you see what the government's saying, you see what the opposition party's saying. Uh, that sometimes gives you a sense of values. I mean, what, what, what the values that, that New Democrats hold versus the values that uh, conservatives hold, because the conservatives are the governing party right now. Um, and, and, and then you look at the performance of a government. And so we had a, a liberal government for 15 years in Ontario, do people feel that they did a good job? Did they do they feel that they achieved um, you know some of the priorities that you hold as an individual? And and that's that's I think another piece. So it's news, it's you know websites, it's uh, observation, um, all of those things. So Andrew, how did you determine um, what party that that you align with? I joined the NDP in university. I was in university, and that's when I joined the NDP. Uh, so, and it's because it's a party that, that I felt uh, reflected my values. Uh, I'm from a working class family. My dad was an auto worker. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't raised with, with any privilege, quite the opposite. Uh, I'm the only one of my family, four siblings who attended university, although my sister attended college. Um, I was the first in my, my family of, it's my, my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family to actually attend university. Uh, in terms of our extended family, my cousins and things like that. So it's, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a decision based on the, you know, what I knew the party stood for. So everyday people, uh, working class folks, um, you know, racialized communities, um, and, and, and believe in things like, 
Uh, everybody should be able to uh, have a safe, uh, adequate roof over their their head. Uh, and in, in, a, in a wealthy province like Ontario, we shouldn't have the kind of homelessness that we have, for example. Uh, everybody should be able to get the prescription drugs that they need. Uh, it shouldn't to be dependent on whether or not you have a, a, a drug plan. Uh, if you're not working or if you're not a student anymore, uh, in your, or if you're working in a place that doesn't have a, a, a drug plan, uh, then then you have to pay a lot of money for your prescriptions and, and that keeps people um, unwell instead of keeping people well. So things like universal pharmacare, uh, these are things that I, that I just believe in. They're, they're values that I hold and um, I think uh, it's, 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 I think it was obvious for me that uh, the NDP was uh, was my political home. No, it's fascinating to know where it all started and how how you really chose this this party. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I, I kind of want to talk about being the first woman uh, to lead the Ontario NDP. Um, how are you continuing to be that strong advocate for equality in Canada's government? Um, I, I'd be interested to know. Yeah, well, you know what? It's uh, I, I have to say I'm pretty um, I'm pretty happy with the. Uh, the work that uh, myself and others, I mean, nobody nobody builds a strong party that becomes an official opposition on their own. So certainly a, a lot of uh, new Democrats and a lot of, you know, staff that I worked with over the years have, have been part of that journey. Uh, but I'm proud to say not only did we reach, you know, the, the status or the, the uh, position of official opposition, uh, but it's the strongest bench of opposition that we've had in Ontario in over a generation. So it's a it's a strong opposition. Uh, the other thing about it, though, is that when in the last election campaign, going into the last election, uh, we had uh, about uh, 20 MPPs, uh, 10 of whom were women. So one of my worries as a as a as a leader was, I mean, uh, yes, we wanted to form government. We didn't quite make it. Uh, but I was also concerned about making sure that our caucus reflects the community. So I'm proud to say not only do we still have uh, exact parity uh, of men and women in our caucus. So we have 50% women, which is fantastic. But we also have a, you know, a very diverse uh, group of people. Uh, we have uh, some people that are fairly young, some young people. Uh, we have uh, the first ever uh, official black caucus uh, in, our, in our caucus because um, it's the first time we've elected enough black people to actually form a caucus. So we have six members of our black caucus. We have the first First Nations person uh, to be elected, which is uh, was really great, Saul Memaqua, who's uh, from Western um, Ontario, uh, Northwestern Ontario, and uh, we have a number of other Indigenous members as well, uh, MPPs that sit on our bench. And so, you know, as a leader, for, for me, that's something that I really was striving to do: is to open up our party, uh, to make our party much more reflective of community, uh, to engage young people. These are some of the things I talked about in my leadership bid back in the day, which is a long time ago now. But I, you know, I have to look back at that and, and look at where we are now. Um, but you know, when I got elected in, in 2004, we didn't have party status. Uh, I brought party status back to the legislature. So right now, um, you know, there, we're the only other party with, with actual status in the legislature. The governing party and us. Uh, the other parties don't have enough MPPs to uh, to be officially recognized as uh, parties at this point in time in the legislature, right? So, uh, but, but again, I mean, these are values that I hold, held. These are beliefs that I that I had, and and with the help of other folks, as I mentioned, we've uh, been able to achieve quite a bit, uh, and uh, it's been pretty exciting, I have to say.
Have so since being um, elected as a member of provincial parliament in 2004, have you noticed this shift of uh, more women leaders being involved in the government? Well, you know, it, it, it kind of, I think it, we had an up and down, right? I mean, we had a point in Ontario, a point in Canada where we had a number of women uh, premiers, right? We had Kathleen Wynne was here in Ontario. Uh, I think Christy Clark was in BC. Rachel Notley was in, uh, uh, was in Alberta. Um, I can't remember the, uh, there, uh, can't remember the others, but there were two more. Um, and that was, I mean, it was great. But we don't have that anymore. <laughs> now, I, I don't know that we have any women premiers uh, at, at this point in time uh, nationwide. Having said that, um, I mean, I think that the more we do to um, uh, to ensure that uh, that we we not don't just talk about uh, having gender parity, but we I mean, it didn't happen by accident that we have this. Uh, this very diverse group of, uh, of people. It, it didn't happen by accident that we have 50% women. We have rules in our party that require us to do certain things to ensure that we get that representation. I mean, we, we, you can't just kind of, you know, decide that you're going to be the candidate, for example, in, a, in an election. Uh, we, we, we make sure that the local areas, the local ridings, um, do the work necessary to identify uh, potential candidates that are from diverse backgrounds, that are women, uh, that are LGBTQ plus people, that are you know this is what we we do on purpose, and so we do have some queer people on our uh, on our caucus as well, which is which is fantastic. So yeah, the diversity is important, and you know so we, speaking of women, you've got Lisa Gretzky uh, in Windsor, uh, which she, she's awesome. So yeah, absolutely, it's it's important, and 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 it it can be done. I think is what we've shown is it can be done if you're serious about it. Yes, no, it, it's great to see all the great work NDP is doing to really uh, diversify the uh, caucus and all the different um, groups in NDP. Um, and to kind of wrap things up, I'm, I'm curious to know what would be some things that maybe students or, or young professionals or those looking to um, consider running for a member of provincial parliament or a member of um, uh, parliament position, what are, what are some things that you think they should know before entering the role? Um, well, I mean, I, I think... Um I mean, I think the most important thing is know why you're doing it, right? You have to know why you're doing it. I mean, and if you're, and 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 that way you you can be true to true to yourself. I mean, I think, and it, it might sound a bit cliche, but I know authenticity is something that uh, people are seeking, and and rightfully so. And so, if if you want to be successful, you have to be authentic. And if you want to be, if you have, if you're going to be authentic, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing, right? So, so that would be the first thing. The other thing is, you know, we always talk about you know, young people, particularly um, as, as, you know, leaders of the future, which I just think is nonsense. I mean, young people are leaders right now and uh, not in the future. And so watching, and I'm serious, and watching some of what young people were doing, um, you know, when the Ford government first got elected and were, were cutting back on, uh, you know, funding in universities and cutting and, and trying to kill the student union movement and uh, and the and what high school kids were, were dealing with in terms of uh, uh, fighting against, uh, increasing class sizes and, and elementary kids uh, were doing that same work, trying to um, fight back against the government. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing to see the leadership that came out there. Uh, and uh, with the internet as a tool, obviously it's uh, it's that much uh, uh, more, um, uh, I think, um, more accessible uh, to uh, to organize, um, you know, young people uh, in in terms of um, fighting for their future. And so, 
So I mean, I've seen such great leadership from young people that I don't I don't say that about it being uh, a, a something in their in their future. Leadership is right now for a lot of young people, and 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 this is I mean, even in my caucus, as I said, we have some some younger folks that that got elected as MPPs that are in their twenties still, and that, I think that's fantastic. Thank you, Andrea, and I, I appreciate your time today and, and sharing some words of wisdom and advice. I really enjoyed talking about your your story and your political career path. Um, and to those watching, thank you for joining us. We, we truly appreciate it. Um, and Andrea, thanks for connecting with those in Windsor-Essex. Uh, we had a couple members that popped in the comments to say hello, Tracy Ramsey, um, oh, and, so, and so many others. Um, we're happy to see you on the live stream today. Yeah. My pleasure. My tr you should be talking to Tracy. She's awesome too. <laughs> thank you, definitely. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for joining. I bye appreciate bye. it. Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye.